Hello and welcome to Joyful Heart, a podcast for Christian women who are trying to balance a relationship with God, school, work, and other things that we deal with on an everyday basis. On this podcast, topics such as faith and lifestyle will be covered and discussed. And with that, let's get into this week's episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to yet another episode of Joyful Heart. Today we're going to be talking about what the Bible says about judging others. Now this is not an original topic idea, but I think it's something that I want to talk about more to definitely get more into different biblical topics and what does the Bible actually say. Because I think a lot of the times in arguments and such people are just kind of nitpicking the Bible and saying, well, no, in this version it says this, but in this version it says that. And I think, first of all, it's just a huge distraction. Second of all, most people really don't understand the Bible. Like, they know how to read it. They know what it says, but they don't understand the context. Or they don't understand, maybe, you know, if that was in the Old Testament versus the New Testament, the certain laws, like the ceremonial laws. So, I think it's just really important for all of us, especially as believers, to know the Bible and be familiar with the Bible and actually understand it so that if a question comes up if an argument comes up which hopefully it won't but we can just be better prepared and just have the most knowledge when you type into google like what does the bible say about blank you will see so many different autofills like there are so many different things people want to know more about the bible and this is a good thing because you know, that curiosity can really pull them in. And, you know, even us Christians, we still don't know everything about the Bible. So I just think it'll be a great kind of series to go into every now and then just, you know, learning more about the Bible. Because our Bible is basically our resource guide while on earth. Like it is what we should go to every single time we have any type of issue. And I think it just really shows how many people out there are curious and want to know more. Many are often unsure whether the Bible tells us to judge others or if we should just refrain from it. Or what degree should we judge others and should we even judge others? Somewhere a lot of us go wrong is we focus too much on the negatives and doing it from a standpoint of, oh, I'm greater than you, thus I'm judging you because you're quote unquote beneath me. And I think this can leave a lot of bad taste in people's mouth and bad experiences if you're not coming from a true place of love. It's something that many people often call Christians out for and the church for, you know, essentially like, oh, you're out here judging me, but then you're doing X, Y, and Z. And this is a massive problem because it makes us look like hypocrites. You know, it just makes us seem like we're just judging others on a high horse saying, oh, I'm so pure and innocent and look at you and all your sins when we are all equally sinners. We are all equally in need of Jesus. With that aside, let's get into this week's episode. Starting with Luke 6, 37 through 42. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, 
but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you fail yourself to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I think this, not that I think, I know from this what Jesus is basically telling us is you have to remove all of the sin and the barriers from your own life before you can clearly see how to help others. It's like, how can I help someone else when I've got all of this baggage, when I've got all of these issues I need to work through? And then it is hypocritical if someone, you know, like it says, has this little speck of sawdust in their eye, but you yourself have a huge plank in your eye. You know, it's like, how are you going to come to me and tell me what I'm doing wrong when you can't even see yourself what you're doing wrong? You know, I really think this is like the one time in the Bible where it tells us to kind of work on ourselves first and then you can truly help others. You know, because you're kind of in a way blinded by your own problems that you can't clearly help and see someone else's problem. And it does seem hypocritical you know like it's from the brother's point of view it's like you're coming to me about this little problem but you've got your own problem in your way you know and I think that's where a lot of us go wrong when we judge others it's saying you're doing this wrong you're doing this wrong but then we fail to see okay what am I also doing wrong you know When God tells us to call out other sins, he's not saying judge them and make them feel less than, make them feel like filthy sinners when we are also just as bad as sinners. Like we are all not deserving of Jesus. It wasn't, oh, I'm here to save the good. No, he's here to save the sick and those who are dealing with sin, which is all of us. And I think this is a really important verse to remember when you are maybe talking about someone, you know, that's gossiping. Gossip is a huge problem within the church because it's been so normalized. We'll say, oh, did you see what they were wearing? Or did you see what they were doing? Like, wow, how could they do that? That's gossip. That's a huge sin. You're talking badly about your quote unquote brothers and sisters in Christ. Now you've got your own issue, but you're talking about someone else's issue or judging them from what you see on the outside, not knowing they could be struggling with something on the inside. And I think, you know, this is really important for the church to kind of wake up on this issue and realize like there's a lot of things and a lot of sins we have normalized to the point of, well, it's not that bad, but if it's a sin, it's a sin. Next, we get into James 4, 11 through 12. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? And again, you know, getting back to this point, like who are we to judge others who are we to sit up on a pedestal and look down at another person and call out all of their wrong knowing we are just as wrong in so many ways you know it's 
Like, who are we to try to take a place above God and say, well, you're doing wrong here, here, and here? Like, just imagine for a moment, if God was to judge us the way we judge others, we would be facing God's judgment every single moment of our lives because that is how much we deal with sin and temptation and we make bad choices. I mean, everyone makes their own choices, but we have to realize people are going through a lot of things. It's not easy to always make the best decision. Of course, we should strive for that. We should do that every time temptations rise. We get caught up in the world. And I think if we could just include more love, if you want to call out someone else's sin and come from a place of love, we could have better outcomes. And this isn't about being like, you know, downplaying the consequences of sin and like, oh, it's okay. But It's just doing it in a loving manner. There's a way to do things in a more loving way like Jesus would do it. You know, who are we to say, oh, I'll do it my way or whatever. Like, no, your way isn't good. You're still a human too. You know, your brain can only comprehend so much. The thing we need to realize is sometimes we need to focus on our own sins and dealing with that before we can become in a place where we are like, mentoring others or calling out other sins. You know, it's really hard to help others if you've got something else weighing you down. First, you need to deal with whatever you're dealing with. Allow the Lord to help you to release that baggage and release that anxiety or whatever may be holding you back so that you can step forth and help others and like be completely focused on helping them, not having other distractions because that'll just make everything so much easier. But then There is the other side that people may kind of quote or look at when it comes to the whole idea of like, are we supposed to judge others or not, especially as Christians? And they could look at 1 Corinthians 5, 12 through 13. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked person from among you. Now, for context, I believe in this section, they were dealing with an issue in a church where there was just like a unholy marriage where I think a man married his like stepmother or something in the church. They kind of just knew it happened, but kind of ignored it and just were trying to continue on. And, you know, they're calling out, how can you allow this to happen in the church? And, you know, it's not our business to judge those outside, but we are to judge the inside. And, you know, people may look at this and say, see, we are supposed to judge others. But I think this is more so about protecting the church and protecting those inside the church. And the fact that, like, the church is not always meant to be, like, a physical place, like, when two or more are gathered, like that is the church, like the body of Christ is the church. And so if we allow sin in the church, if we kind of ignore it, you know, we act like it's not happening. That is not protecting the church. That's allowing wickedness and sin to come in. And so I think in this fact, it's saying like, we need to protect the church. We need to call out the bad things for what they are. We can't allow our brothers and sisters to stumble and then see them stumbling and then act like everything's okay because we're not doing them justice. We're not really loving them. 
You know, sometimes with love, you do need to call out people's bad actions because you can see how much it is damaging them. It does them no good if you allow them to kind of freely sin with something. So I think in this matter, it's more so about protecting the church and just upholding the integrity and the pureness of the church. Again, it's saying, you know, God will judge those outside. And I think a lot of the times I will see churches judging the outside world, but then kind of ignoring its own problems within the church. You know, you see pastors having allegations of, you know, um, affairs and just meeting up with people they're not supposed to or the money isn't being properly handled or, you know, it's just stuff like that. It's like you cannot turn your eye to judge the world and ignore the problems within your own church, within your own community. And unfortunately, this is something that continues to happen and it just ruins the church because eventually people will just go away they're like I'm just gonna find a new church or maybe they might even give up on the church which is horrible because you know we often see a lot of people walking away from Christianity not because of Jesus but because of the church and that's just doing a huge disservice to our community and the people around us the last verse that we're going to cover for this episode is in John 8, 6 through 11. They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any of you who's without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. So for the context of these verses, essentially there was an adulterous woman in a town and the kind of elders and the men wanted to punish her with death. Pretty much were trying to, in a way, trick Jesus into see what his response would be because, you know, at the time they were growing jealous of him and wanted to accuse him of blasphemy and essentially what led up to his crucifixion. But obviously, I think they forgot or they just weren't really accepting Jesus because the Jesus we know, he already knew what they were thinking. He knew they were trying to trap him, but he was like, no, this is going to be a good time to show a good example of how to lovingly call out someone else's sin without trying to punish them. And just so we're all on the same page, to condemn someone is not necessarily the same as judging them. To condemn a person is pretty much to declare them as guilty and sentence them to a punishment. But it's very similar to judging others because if you think someone is doing wrong, you've already kind of see them as guilty and deserving punishment of some type or some type of consequence. But Jesus was like, if I, the Messiah, if I, Jesus, do not condemn you, then how can anyone else condemn you? Now, what's important to know is he doesn't say, okay, go on doing what you're going to do and, you know, live your best life. He says, go now and leave your life of sin. 
but he does not pick up a stone. He does not condemn her. He is not doing so to put her down. He is telling her, I'm not going to declare you as guilty and punish you, but I want you to leave this life of sin behind. You know, and I think it's so important, you know, when people are kicking another person while they're already down, Jesus is like, okay, whoever is without sin can throw the first stone. And everyone starts to walk away because it's like, you know what? I can't throw that because I am just as guilty. Maybe I don't do the same thing, but I am just as guilty. And I think this is so important to realize when you are calling out someone else's sin, remember you also sin. Remember, Jesus also died for your sins. You are not without fault. Yeah, just remember you're talking to another human. My main thoughts are, yes, we should call out other sins and we should not allow sin to run rampant within the church, but we need to focus and work on our own sin. There is a way to call out sins in a loving way. Using just fear to call out sins will not cause people to change. People shouldn't run to God only out of fear. They should be running to God's arms for his love and his mercy that he shows to us every single day. Jesus called the woman to leave her life of sin without condemning her. And we should do the same with others in our lives. If Jesus does not condemn, then we have no place to do the same. There are ways to call out sin without making the person feel like an outcast in church or that they aren't normal or that there's something wrong with them. We are all sick with sin and in need of help. The sin you deal with isn't better or worse than others. Now, this is not me saying we should be promoting more feel-good Christianity, which essentially is kind of talking about the rainbows and sunshines of Christianity, but leaving out the consequences, the spiritual battles, the persecution we may face, the insults we may face, you know, it's kind of like, oh, Christianity's so happy and woohoo, but not talking about the downs and the low times in life, which is what I'm not saying to do. Obviously, people need to be aware of the consequences and everything. But again, using just fear and pride will not work. It will not help someone to walk away from their life of sin. And again, we can't save people from sin. We can't make people change. That is purely up to Jesus. We are not in the place to be anyone's savior and we should not try. Essentially, we should be taking more of a tough love position, but don't forget the love. You should call out the sin because you love and care for that person so much. You do not want them to be hurt by sin and betrayed by the world. It's not about humiliating the person or making yourself seem better. It's about calling out the sin so that they can change and improve their lives and improve their happiness and learn to depend on the Lord. All in all, you know, whether we should judge one another, I feel like no, but it's okay to call out sin as long as you're doing so with love and for the right intentions. I think you should call people out with love and with mercy the same way Jesus does to us which is why he always says to imitate me because we really don't know what we're supposed to do in life. We don't know how to do things right, but we can always imitate Jesus's behavior and his words and his actions so that we can get off on the right start. It's really important to not forget that you too are a sinner and Jesus too died for your sins. 
protect the church, focus on the problems within the church so that we can focus more on loving others and spreading the gospel. I hope this was a good episode for you all. I hope you enjoyed. I hope it can start some good conversations and just a time for reflection because I know I need to, you know, focus on this more myself. So I hope you all have a great rest of your day and a very blessed week. Well, that concludes this week's episode of Joyful Heart. Feel free to reach out with prayer requests, praise reports, requests for topics or general questions on either Instagram or the Facebook group. These can be sent to Joyful Heart. That's J-O-Y-F-U-L-L-H-E-A-R-T-T on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and at joyfulheart.com for blog posts. I hope you all have a blessed day and I'll catch you next week. Bye!